Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rando Rob. If you're back here, you know this is the show where I uh, bring items from my personal collection to show off and talk about, and you uh, bring your eyeballs and your earballs, and you... <laughs> And you show up and you watch the videos and you, you click like and subscribe and you do all those crazy things. Um, so uh, you have the easy part. <laughs> you just show up and watch the videos. I have the hard part. I got to go through uh, this giant mountain of stuff. And you think, well, there's not that much stuff. There's only a few shelves behind you. But there's shelves over there. There's closets. There's a building in the backyard. There's a garage. Or trust me, there's a lot of stuff. There are um, decades worth of items that I could pull out and talk about for Rando Rob. And one of those items I have sitting right here next to me today. Now on the shelves over here that you can't really see, but I have um, oh, three shelves full of computer software. Uh, now, I've, I've talked about this uh, plenty in the past, that on the Commodore 64, I don't think I bought a single... Uh, game or or program as a kid. Everything I had was downloaded from BBSs or copied onto floppies. When they said, don't copy that floppy, we thought it was opposite day. And we did copy that floppy. And we made copies of all the games and we gave them all to all our friends. Uh, so uh, as a kid, yeah, I was not standing in line purchasing uh, a lot of software. I was at home on the modem downloading lots of software. Um, but as I have gotten older, I have bought lots of software, um, just to, to collect it, you know, um, just to own these titles. It's somewhat ironic that back when I was playing them, I had downloaded them. Uh, and then years later now, uh, I buy them and I don't play the originals at all. I buy them and I put them on a shelf to look at, but I do, so much like looking at the boxes of software and the artwork and sometimes even the media itself, the, the floppy disks and things like that. But I would say of the whole collection that I have, of all the programs that I have, like 99% are games. Uh, lots of Commodore 64 games and quite a few DOS games. Like I found copies of uh, uh, certain different uh uh, episodes or whatever of uh, King's Quest and Space Quest and, and um, things like that that I picked up over the years for the PC uh, because I, I played those games too. But but it's all mostly games. I mean, I think games are things that people find uh, <clears throat> that they have a nostalgic attraction to and that they like to be reminded of and that I enjoy looking at when I look over there at the desktop. But there are a couple of software packages over there that are not games. And this happens to be one of them. So let me hold this up, this box, and we will talk about this is a copy of Microsoft Visual Basic 6.0 or VB6, as we would call it uh, back in the day. So um, as you can see, this is a, a kind of a hefty box. It's actually pretty heavy. Um, and there's a, a lot of stuff in here and I believe, you know, I have not opened this in forever, so I may just open this while we're, while we're sitting here talking as well. Um, but I want to go back, um, to around, um, 
maybe Y2K, maybe uh, a few years after that, um, that at work I had changed positions. I had moved to a spot where I, I had started off working uh, on a, a help desk type area at work. Then I had become a, uh, a local LAN, local network uh, administrator, and I did that for a few years. And then I had gone back to a different technical support position, but it wasn't um, like a frontline help desk anymore. This was like a guy that was behind the scenes um, supporting networks and um uh, doing, you know, a lot more advanced type things. Right. And I remember, uh, that I saw a coworker working on, uh, using a utility that I hadn't seen before. And I said, Oh, what is that? And he said, Oh, well I wrote it and my mind was blown, <laughs> uh, because my, uh, in my head, there were two types of programmers. Um, so on the Commodore 64, uh, there were people who programmed little tiny cute things in basic. And that's not to say that, uh, things, uh, can't be advanced or useful or, um, uh, enjoyable written in basic, but the things that I wrote in basic, I put the basic in basic, <laughs> the programs that I wrote in basic weren't very advanced, weren't very good. Uh, they mostly did one or two small things. I mean, my idea of a basic program would be like a calculator program and the calculator, I wrote a calculator program one time that didn't even have, uh, any sort of GUI interface. It just came up and it said, hi, I'm a calculator. Would you like to add, subtract, multiply, or divide? And you hit one of the letters, you know, and then you'd punch in the numbers and it'd give you the answer. And then it would say, well, now I'm done. I think it said, now I'm tired. Bye-bye. <laughs> and it would quit. So it would do one math problem for you which was much easier to just do <laughs> at the interface. You could just type, you know, 10 plus three and hit enter and it would tell you the answer. So you didn't really need, need my program. But, uh, but anyway, you had uh, on one end, you had guys doing basic programming like that. And then on the other side was people doing uh, assembly, like people that were able to do machine language coding. And uh, I have read books on assembly. I have gone over it. It just doesn't make sense to me. It is just beyond my simple brain's capacity to understand. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. It's not going to happen. I wish it would happen. It's not going to happen. I, I promise you it's never going to happen. Uh, and the older I get, the less things in my brain seem to be working. <laughs> they don't fire as well as they, they used to. So uh, if I didn't learn it 20 years ago, I am not going to learn it today. So anyway, Back to work. I saw this guy and he's working and he has this program and I'm like, well, it doesn't look like it was written in basic. It has a GUI interface uh, and it's running in Windows. And I'm like, this guy must be a, one of these super duper machine language, you know, uh, coders. He knows C++ or he knows something like that. And he goes, no, 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 I wrote it in Visual Basic. So I had not heard that term. In fact, I didn't know it was capitalized. I didn't know that was a proper noun. I thought he was just like a visual basic. I was like, I don't know what that kind of basic is or any other basic, you know. But eventually he showed me uh, what uh, visual basic was. And visual basic is a uh, object-oriented programming language. And so what that, well, there's, there's a lot of things that that, that kind of means, but... 
Um, what it meant to me is that when you run a basic program, you type in uh, all your lines, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and you put information or commands or whatever in that. And then when you type run, it runs everything in that order. <clears throat> so to me, that's like a sequential type of programming language. There's probably a technical term for that, but but it runs every line one after another, right? Um, <clears throat> but with Visual Basic, you could put four buttons on this screen and each button had its own little piece of code that was attached to that button. And then when you ran the program and just sat there, it didn't do anything. It would just sit there. But then when you pressed a button, it would run that code or press this button, it would run this code. And then, uh, you know, it was kind of like a, um, uh, like a builder's kit, like a Lego kit, because there was a text box and you could draw a text box and then put text in there and then click a button and you, and the button could say, get something from the text box and then do something with that. Or you could say, uh, here's a file button and you do this file and you pick a file and then you do this and, and press a button and it would run something for that file. So, uh, something about this just clicked in my brain. I was like, this is, this is amazing. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I never thought that I could program things that look like a modern, uh, piece of programming. Like I, I never thought, uh, that I could do that. And so I jumped in, I jumped in with both feet and uh, I got a copy, like a, just this guy made a copy of VB6 and gave it to me and I installed it. And um, so uh, like a, not a legal copy, like a pirated copy, gave me a copy and I installed it and I started messing around with, with VB6 and uh, I, I was just in love with it, you know. Um, now the thing is that VB6 um, was already, it wasn't outdated, but it was dated at the point when I discovered it, you know, it was, it was aging and there were other things that were, that were coming along, uh, pretty soon, but I had just discovered it. So it was new to me. And I remember telling the guy, I was like, you know, it's too bad that you, I mean, there, there were certain, I could see uses for this where you wouldn't have a GUI. What if you could just put all that code in a program and run it? And he goes, oh yeah, well that's called VB script. And I was like, you can do this without the GUI also? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And so that was where I learned VBScript. So VBScript was like, to me, um, batch files, which I had done for years, but batch files on steroids. You could do a lot of really cool stuff with VB6 that you couldn't necessarily do with batch files without calling on additional uh, programs, right? Like um, <clears throat> if you wanted to see if a machine was online, there was a way to do it with a batch file. You could ping it and then try to capture the results of that ping. And if the ping uh, said this and you, and it didn't do this, then you would assume it was online or offline or whatever. I mean, so there were ways, there were things that you could do, right? But VB script, you could just do it automatically. You could test to see if a machine was online. Uh, and then in VB6, you could do all that same kind of stuff. And so um, I took to it. Uh, I, I fell in love with it. I was like, you could write programs, you could do all these things. And, um, um, I began automating all this stuff that I did on a daily basis. Um, uh, and, and stuff that I had tried to do with batch files that wasn't really working. I went back and I did in VB script and, um, interfaces for things. I wrote so many VB six programs, 
a lot of them are out there on the internet. I wrote a VB6. There was this game, uh, little game console, a handheld game console called the GP32. GP was Game Park. And uh, this was a thing that was, um, for the most part, ran emulators and things like that. Um, you think of it as like a, I think it was, it wasn't Chinese, maybe it was Korean, but it was a, you know, kind of a knockoff console that played some games, but there weren't that many official games for it. Really what was it was designed to do was to play, run emulators and stuff like that. But it would um, only... It it uh, would only recognize files in 8.3 format and the, the file name. So you had to have a file name that was eight characters long, then the period, and then three for the extension. And all the emulators and stuff I had were the long file names, right? So I wrote this application. I mean, it's weird to call it an application, but I wrote this thing in VB6 uh, that was called the GP32 Renamer. And uh, I posted it on my website. But what it would do is it would take a whole folder worth of files that had long file names and it would truncate them into 8.3 files. And if one was too, uh, if there was a duplicate, it would, it would notice that and it would, you know, change the file name slightly or something like that. Um, but uh, I've recently, I mean, I wrote that 20 years ago and I have searched Google and it's still out there on websites. Like not that people are using it every day today, but, uh, but it's still out there, you know, and that was, uh, like I said, it just opened, it opened in my head. Again, there were those two types of programmers, right? There were the guys that were doing basic, very, very basic. And then there were the guys that were doing super, uh, you know, data level coding, but VB six was like this little thing that was in the middle, you know, the, the coding and stuff was not that hard. And what was great about it was, that you could go to the internet and you could say, how do I do this in VB6? And someone had already done it. How do I do this in VB6? And someone had already done that. And so it was almost like you could pluck these little things from the internet and put them together and make a program, the program that you had in mind. You know, you put in the details. Um, I mean, I'm sure there was there, somebody had code instruction that said, you know, how to get the 8.3 file name from a long file name. And I found that online and then just plugged it, you know, into this program. I remember uh, I had in the very, very, very early days, I had this MP3 player that was absolutely terrible. It was um, the, it was almost like the MP3 player was, was small and square and it used um, the original, uh, maybe not even an SD card. Maybe it was like a, what were those, um, MMC cards or I don't know. It was like a big or a CF card, I think compact flash card. And, uh, it didn't have, it was so simple. It did not have, uh, a randomized button or anything like that. And so I wrote this program that would, um, uh, you would plug this in and then what you would do is you would put all the MP3s that you wanted to put on it, you would put in a folder. Uh, and, and this thing, I think my compact flash card was like uh, 128 meg or something back then. Well, it, I don't think it was that big, but MP3s were pretty small back then too. Um, but uh, you would take uh, a folder and you would put all the MP3s in there that you wanted. You could even put more than it would hold. And then what it would do 
is when you clicked go, it would generate random file names for every one of your MP3s. I mean, they would just be garbage names that meant nothing, you know. Uh, and then once it had created uh, random names for each one of them, it would sort them alphabetically and start copying them to the MP3 player so that when it got to the MP3 player, they were in a random order. Uh, and then when you, I would go out in the car for the day and I would hit play, it would be playing songs in a random order. It was just a shuffle thing based on the file names that it didn't have a way to do. And I wrote the program that does that, you know, so that was the amazing thing about visual basic to me was that what, when I saw needs, things that I wanted to do, uh, I had a way to do it. Now, uh, VB moved on to, uh, VB.net pretty soon. And I did not make that switch. I stayed with VB six for a long, long time. Uh, there are, uh, some tools that I wrote with VB six that we still use at work today, just because there hasn't been a reason to rewrite them. They still, they still work. Um, you know, you have to, sometimes you'll run it on a new computer and you'll say, well, you need to install this old, uh, VB.net plugin to run that old code and you run it and, and then, and then it runs. So, uh, but, but they, they still function. They still do what they're supposed to do. Um, then one day someone was like, you know, nobody's doing VB script anymore. Everybody's doing this new thing called PowerShell. And the thing about, um, VB six was that you had to have this big giant thing to install to be able to do VB6. Not necessarily VB script. You could write VB script uh, from hand, but um, but for VB6 stuff, you had to you know install this. You had to buy this product from Microsoft and install it. Hold on, I'm going to set it on the desk. It was not a light program, <laughs> and uh, and that's how you got access to it. But PowerShell and all the tools for PowerShell are built into Windows. And more than that, PowerShell is designed for you to interact with uh, Microsoft Active Directory and Microsoft domains and Microsoft computers, Windows computers, which is what I was doing at work and still do at work. So uh, a lot of people, if you go online and look up PowerShell, people say, well, it's only good if you work in a Microsoft environment. Well, I work in a Microsoft environment, so it's very good to me. There are lots of different programming and scripting languages out there. Python uh, is, is a big one that I've done stuff with. And, and back in the day, I did PHP and, and uh, even some ASP and stuff like that. Uh, but PowerShell at work really meets my needs. And so Visual Basic... Uh, VBScript, Visual Basic 6, got me into that frame of mind where uh, instead of, we, I kind of, I came up with this saying at work where it was like, if I have to do something once, I'll do it. If I have to do it twice, I'll script it. And that kind of became um, my mantra. And more than that, I kind of became the go-to guy for when you needed something scripted and done. So uh, I, I would get requests and people would say, hey, is it possible to do this? Um, scripts are great because they could be scheduled. And so you could run something once a day or once a week or once an hour or every minute and forget about it. You just set these things up on timers and they'll run. Um, so they can run when you're not logged into the computer. There's lots of, everybody knows there's lots of, of advantages uh, to scripts and scripting languages and stuff like that. So uh, um 
I, I could trace, I mean, really the discovery of visual basic six changed the trajectory of my career. Uh, before that I was a guy who would use software, you know, admin tools and things like that to do things on the network. And once I discovered VB six, I became a guy that would create tools, uh, custom tools and custom scripts that would do the things we needed to do at work. And I'm still that guy today. So it really did change um, what I did at work. Uh, it took what I did and, and sent me off in a different direction. And I'm still doing that. And even I have moved to different departments over the years. Um, you know, I worked in network networking stuff for a while. I worked in security stuff for a while. Now I, I work in um, lifecycle management and, and um, deploying machines and things like that. But everywhere where I have worked, these tools have come in handy and, and, uh, the people I've worked with have leveraged, uh, my knowledge and ability to do these things. So I think if you are, um, somehow this became a, a commercial for scripting and advertising, I didn't intend to go down that path, but, um, you know, if you're looking for, um, a way to make your job easier to make, you know, to automate things, or just to make yourself more valuable to the team, I highly recommend people um, look into scripting. Um, and it's not it's not that hard. If you have, um, I mean, everything, the, the general, I would say the general knowledge, my general knowledge of scripting and how scripts work goes back to learning how to program in basic on the Commodore 64. Like literally that mindset of, if you're going to do this, you got to do this first. If you press this, then this will happen. Then this, 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 all that stuff is what I was doing back in the 1980s, playing with computers and doing that stuff. Uh, so to all those uh, teachers and everybody who said that I was wasting my time, fooey on you. No. <laughs> Which is a funny thing to say, but nobody ever told me that actually. Everybody always thought, oh yeah, learn computers. It's going to be a good career. And they were right. Loved them. Uh, and I love computers. So anyway, uh, I will tell you in the final two minutes here that, um, this is not the copy of, now I have installed this copy, but this is not the copy of visual basic that I actually ran at work. As I told you, I ran a copy that a buddy of mine, uh, had, had given me a coworker had given me this copy of visual basic. I found at a thrift store. Uh, I found this at a thrift store and I believe it was 99 cents. Uh, but when I got this, I was still using Visual Basic 6. So it was funny. There's been a couple times at work where uh, I was using technology so old that uh, I literally found it for a dollar at a thrift store. And, uh, uh, and you know, it. <laughs> I was still, still using it at work, you know. Uh, but I think the rest of the world had already moved on from Visual Basic 6. Now, uh, this is a complete copy of VB6. I mean, here's the uh, uh, warranty card that you're supposed to mail in that I did not mail in. Uh, this is uh, a copy that came with it of Microsoft Windows NT Workstation. So there you go. There's a serial number right on the back for installing a CD key. So this is, it, it has actually never been opened. So if I, uh, World War Three comes and I need to reinstall uh, Windows NT workstation for some reason. I am set. Uh, here are all the manuals for um, v VB6. 
Uh, so you've got all that stuff. Uh, like I said, at, at um, this actually says uh, NT. Wait a minute. Oh, I see. I see. I seem to have multiple things combined in here. Because, oh, this is the book for the NT Workstation stuff. Here is the install guide for uh, Visual Basic 6. Uh, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't all .NET stuff. Or, uh, uh, yeah, NT, NT4. Um, and then finally, what we have uh, are the installation floppies for uh, VB6. And this bag is unopened. It says register today once you open this and install this. So uh, these have not been opened. Uh, and then you have uh, finally your media here. Uh, first is the VB6 uh, Professional Edition on CD. So uh, this would have been a time where software often uh, came both in CD and floppy disk. There's only three floppies for VB6. Uh, and then, uh, of course, all these have CD keys written on the back. And also, this is for the MSDN, uh, Microsoft Developer Network, I think, uh, library. So this is the, uh, like, all the uh, data stuff for, uh, and this is Visual Studio 6.0. But, um, so this is, like, their library of stuff. So uh, before, it was, it was easier to just have Google open and... Uh, uh, look everything up you could look up stuff in, in msdn so there's everything in this box right here that folds up nicely and this box goes inside this box so uh again this is not the uh the version that i did many of my pro i mean it's the version it's just not the exact copy that i uh used to write a lot of the programs that i did uh because i already had a copy but um, buying this copy, I think made me legit. And again, for 99 cents, really what I had done was opened, uh, my world to a new way of thinking and a new career path. So I owe a lot of my current career to visual basic six. And that is why I have this box. And that is why it sits right over there on the shelf and is, um, prominently displayed in amongst a bunch of really, really good uh, old video games. But it's a utility that when I walk by and I look at it, I just nod. And when I stop, if I stop and think about it, I think I owe a lot in my career to Visual Basic 6. So that is why it is a part of my collection. Thanks again for watching this episode of Random Rob. I've got new episodes that typically drop on Monday. Today's Tuesday, but eh. And um, I'm, I'm still uploading the old episodes of Random Rob. Now, I had a couple of holes in the old Random Rob, so there may be the numbering may be kind of wonky over the next couple of days. But uh, there's a, a really good episode coming up about some things that uh, in the 80s we owned that we took to school. And there's uh, another one. Uh, of uh, some a Star Wars item that you might have drank out of. And if you were a kid in the late 1970s, I bet you'll remember those. So those will be coming up uh, over the next couple of days. Thanks uh, for watching again. Uh, if you, uh, I don't like doing all the like, subscribe kind of stuff, but if you do subscribe, then when I upload new ones, they'll show up on your YouTube. So that's a good way. And if you like them, uh, then I won't cry myself to sleep every night. So uh, thank you guys uh, for watching Rando Rob, and I will uh, talk to you soon.